0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Are you ready for God to do something? I don't know about you, but I came ready to encounter Jesus. Because a message or a sermon is not going to do nothing. Might entertain us, but if we can have an encounter with God through the Word of God, we're going to walk out of here different to how we came in and uh and I know he's going to do that I'm going to read um, a familiar passage of scripture, but I want to um, preach it from a perhaps a different perspective than what you've seen before, and it's in ezekiel chapter thirty seven and it'll come up on the screen. I'm going to read um quite a few verses, ten in fact, do you think you can handle that tonight? It's the Word of God, so you'll be okay. Um, 37 and verse 1 this is ezekiel prophet of god that had a vision the bible um, we ezekiel rather is known as the strangest the strangest of all the prophets because he often got these quite bizarre visions or imagery that he was he used to communicate the message that god was wanting to communicate to his people and ezekiel Gets this message from God to speak over the children of Israel um, during a difficult time. Things are not pumping for the children of God at this point. Things are not doing great. They're in again. They're from, we find them in Babylonian territory. We find them surrounded by situations that they don't have control over necessarily. We find them in a in a dark place, in a bad place, um, in a difficult spot. Um, But God speaks to them through Ezekiel. How many know that he knows exactly what we need when we need it? And God brings through the prophet exactly what they need uh, for this moment. And it's found in this vision. And it's the valley, the vision of the valley of dry bones. And I know you've heard it perhaps before, but I'm going to read it anyway. um, Because there is power in his word. And it says, the hand of the Lord came upon me. And brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to them, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, "O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy, say prophesy. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and I will bring flesh upon you. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly, say suddenly, suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them. And there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army." I love this story. I love the imagery and the picture that this gives us. And really, if you've looked at this story before, it's probably been from the perspective of a dead thing coming back to life. Because that's what bones typically represent to us. It represents to us something that was alive, but is now dead. And there is merit to that perspective, I think. And it, 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 it is such an encouraging word for us and one that is so true that it was so applicable for the children of God at this stage in their life, that it stirred some faith in them. And I think, yes, I'm not going to preach from that angle tonight, but we can for a moment see it from that angle to stir our faith a little bit, that there is no situation that is so dead that God cannot raise it up that there's nothing that you go through that is so dry, that is so barren, that is so broken that God cannot prophesy to it and speak life into it. That He has the ability through the children of God that you have the power within your words when you declare and you speak over your situation while you may not feel it, there is power in your declaration and the Word says that the power of life and death are in the tongue and sometimes we need to even look at something that looks like it's dead, looks like it's dry, and speak life into it and see it become raised up. There is so much, there is so much that, can be, that can be taken from this story from, from that perspective. But I want to show you another perspective that I felt God speak to me about this story. That while, yes, the bones represent death, But the bones also represent potential. That if you look in the natural at bones, bones are actually the basis for life. That while, yes, it is a dead thing, but it's also the basis, it's also the structure, it's also a foundation that can be built upon. That what God was speaking to Ezekiel, another perspective that we can take from this story is God is saying to Ezekiel, look around you at this valley of dry bones and don't see it as a dead thing, but see it as potential. Look around at what you're dealing with. Look around at what you're facing. Look around at your situation. And while someone may say it's dead, you can look at it and see. no, I see potential in this. This right now might look dry to someone else, might look dead to someone else, but I see my God fixing to do a miracle in my situation right now. And He's gonna start with something that appears dead and He's gonna declare life is the potential. For something to happen. Bones in the natural, the, the skeletal system supports. The skeletal structure supports in the natural, our physical body. And I want to talk to you this morning about the process of your potential. Potential's an easy thing to preach about. Potential will get a shout out of any crowd. Even a Presbyterian crowd will make a little bit of noise when you say potential. You can get up and say, you've got potential. And we'll all be like, yeah, I do have potential. And I can tell you to touch five people and say, you've got potential. And we'll high five our neighbour and run around the room because it stirs our heart. But when you talk about the process, Come on. Come on. Come on. see, oh yeah. Yeah. the process Of potential. See, we don't like process, do we? We don't like the idea that some things that we're believing for might not happen straight away. We don't like the idea that maybe there's some things that I do need to put into practice and there's some words that I do need to be obedient to and there's some people that I do need to submit to in order to experience what God wants to do in and through my life that maybe my potential is going to take a little process. A little bit of time. Problem is with society and how efficient we have gotten in society. We've gotten too efficient for our own good. And we get so used to the efficiency of how our world works that we try to apply that same expectation when it comes to the things of God. So when it comes to God, we don't want to wait. We want it now. Another thing that's easy to preach on is you can get up and preach a sermon on the suddenlies of God. See, you want to shout so bad right now, don't you? But you know I'm about to turn it on you. Because we know that when we hear about the suddenlies of God, we're like, come on, preach that. I want a suddenly, I'm walking out of here with a miracle. I'm about to get a breakthrough and I'm not going to have to wait because He's a God of suddenly and He can turn it around in a moment and I'm going to touch five people and say, it's about to happen now and we'll all go raw." In fact, He uses the word, in this story, this word suddenly, God says to him, suddenly, I want you to prophesy to these bones. And he says he prophesied to the bones in verse 7. There was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together. See, when you start reading that, you could, you could preach it from that angle. And we could preach about the suddenlies and we could yell and we could scream and we could touch five people and we could run around. We could swing from the roof and we could say, suddenly God's going to do it. But then if you keep reading, all of a sudden the the air would go out of the room because we would see that suddenly a, a, a rattling happened. Okay. And then suddenly a rattling and then the bones came together. Bone to bone. And then I looked. And then sinews happen. Okay, now all of a sudden, suddenly he's going a little slower than I thought it was going to take. It's little bit by little bit, all of a sudden I've realized that this potential that's within me, what God has called me to do is not going to be something that necessarily happens overnight that is going to take a process. But too often we miss out on our potential because we check out on the process. We're looking for fast track. There's nothing more disheartening when you drive through the Starbucks line or the McDonald's line in the drive-thru and they come out to you and say, your order is not ready, please turn off to the side. If I had time to pull off to the side, I wouldn't have gone through the drive-thru. I need my cheeseburger and I need these calories now. I need them now. I don't want to wait off to the side and then we wait off to the side and we count how long. Why? Because we don't like to wait for things. But God says through this vision, what this gives us is it gives us the process that God uses to bring about the potential that he has called us to and it through scripture this is not just a once off this is a pattern that is through scripture that shows us how God does things he is a methodical God that's why when God created the heavens and the earth he didn't just do it in one moment in one day he did it one day he did what he needed to do and then day two he did what he needed to do every single day required the day prior to build upon he does things in process he does things there's a process that God uses to bring about his purpose in our life. And if we don't hang in there throughout the process, often we'll miss the purpose that God has called us to. It's the potential that you are called to. Potential isn't what you've done, but what you can still do. Potential isn't what you have, it's what you can still have. Potential isn't what you're walking in now, but it's what you could possibly still walk in. Isn't it exciting to think that we serve a God that always has something greater for us? Three people are pumped about that. I'll preach this to myself if you don't make some noise tonight. I get excited when I think about the fact that the moment I feel like I've done everything that I can do, I serve a God that says, I want to take you from glory to glory. I'm not done yet in your life. If you would keep going and keep walking, there are greater things ahead of you that I want to preach to those that perhaps feel like they're on the out, that perhaps feel like I'm a little bit old for this church and this guy's a little too young and this is a little too loud and the lights are a little too bright and I don't know if I fit in here because I feel a little bit older. I want to tell you if your heart's still beating, there's a purpose still on your life and there's something that God still has for you. You're not done just yet. I need some people that are 50, 60, 70, 80. Make a little noise and just show these young folk that you still know how to praise you're not all done just yet you still know what it is to lift up the name of Jesus that there's purpose that there's potential that there's still some things that God has for you to do you're not done just yet but it takes a process for our young people it takes a process and God says to the people of God he says this is how I'm going to do it understand he's God he's got all power well it would be a great vision if Ezekiel got a vision and God walked him around the dry bones and said speak to the bones and then all of a sudden the bones just popped up and started talking to one another and life came to them that's what God could have done but he didn't he said this is how I'm going to do it I'm going to do it through a four-stage process I'm going to bring about their potential I'm going to bring these bones. I'm going to turn this situation around. I'm not not going to do it all of a sudden. I'm going to take a process right now. And this is how I'm going to do it. He says, firstly, he walks him around the bones. He says, I need you to see it. And then he says to him, God asks him this question. He says, can these bones live? See, if you cannot see it, you can never be it. That's why God said to Joshua, when Joshua came before the walls of Jericho, and God said to Joshua, Joshua is standing before the walls of Jericho, and God came and spoke to Joshua and said this word. He said, see, I have given you the city. Now, hang on a sec. No, you haven't. I mean, you don't want to back chat God, but like in that moment, I've given you the city. Why is he speaking this type of language to Joshua? Because he wants to see what God is about to bring about. He needs Him to see in the eyes of His Spirit what God is about to do. You will never speak with authority over your situation until you get from this morning another vantage point, another viewpoint that sees victory. Even though you might not be able to see it in the natural, it'll be the eyes of the Spirit that'll grab a hold of the potential that God has called you to. And you can declare over it something that others cannot see, but you caught it in your Spirit, in your prayer time, In your worship time, God showed it to you and God said to you, even though it looks dry, I'm about to breathe life. He says, I want you to walk around and I need to know, can you see it? He said, can you see it? Now I want you to speak over it, see it and speak it. And then we see the first stage and he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring life, but the first stage I'm going to do, the Bible says that I'm going to bring sinews. Another word for that is tendons. Tendons. Tendons it speaks to us of the Underground work. Tendons in the physical body is not what we can see. We can't see our tendons. Our tendons operate under the surface. What God says to him is, and this is a principle that we can apply to our own life in order for us to step into the potential and the purpose that God has for us. The first stage is the character building stage. The stuff that happens under the surface that no one else is ever going to see. The work that happens under the surface that it's, the, it's where your strength comes from really because the tendons are what holds everything under the surface together the tendon work is the character building stage it's the stuff that no one will ever see It's the battles that no one will ever know that you went through. It's that for the young people, the temptation that you have to resist, that no one ever gets to see. But I want to encourage you that every time you resist the temptation that the enemy tries to bring you away, your tendons get stronger and your character is built because purity in your private life will bring you power in your public life. And if you will walk through the tendon stage, you'll find that you're strong under the surface. I have some, sh- some problems with my shoulder, my left shoulder. I have some tendon problems with my left shoulder. And the, the thing about tendons is uh, I can be standing here and, and you can look at me and everything looks totally fine. In fact, there's a lot of movements that I can do um, that I can do like a normal person. But there are a couple of certain movements That if I do particular movements where I move my shoulder right back, I can feel the tendon pinch a little bit. See, there are some, some things that we can be walking along in life thinking we've got it all together and we think that we've got the character that we need in order to keep us in the platform that we want God to put us in but then something might happen to us someone might say something and it touches just that little insecurity that we thought we had dealt with years ago but all of a sudden there was a little movement that happened through a comment that somebody said and it just pinched a little tendon that I should have worked on years ago but because I overlooked the tendon stage and I was just focused upon the outward appearance of acting like everything was fine on the outside I miss the inner work that God was trying to do on the inside this is important because so many of us we want to be up the front and we want the leadership position and we want the authority in our workplace but if we don't deal with the underground stuff our character our ability might get us to a platform but our character won't be able to keep us there because we didn't do the underground work that God was wanting to do. It's the tendon stage. Sometimes I went, I went uh, and I went to see a, a physical therapist. <laughs> Excuse me. And he said, uh, we need to do, um, he said, I want to have a look at it. And I want to do, uh, I'm going to do, uh, we're going to do some exercises. And then he says, we're going to do a little deep tissue, deep tissue massage. Now, we've, I've, I've had massages before. We go on vacation. And uh, and and you know, Cressa likes going to the spa, the day spa, and, and at the start, I thought it was weird a dude going to the day spa and walking around other dudes in robes and stuff like that. I was a bit like, eh, yeah, let's not do that. And so, but then after a while, I got into it, and 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 so, and so now, I, you know, I got my little slippers and got my little robe, and you know, whatever. And so I said deep tissue, and he says, yeah, he said a deep tissue, a massage. I said, oh, massage. I so said, I can do a massage, bro. Let's do a massage. So he says, okay. And so um, he comes out and, and I lay down on the little thing and I'm ready to go. And then all of a sudden he begins. A di- Have you ever had a deep tissue massage? Let me ask you a similar question. Have you ever been beat up for 30 minutes? You know what I mean? You ever like... Just had, just a dude just beat the absolute life out of you for 30 minutes? That's what this was. I said, dear Lord Jesus, I'm paying for this. He said, yeah, it's going to be good. Good for who? Because sometimes in order to deal with the root issues in our life, Problem is, we're raising up this generation of surface level Christians that don't want to get down into the root issue and really deal with some stuff that's not always going to feel good. In order to uproot some of the root issues that are attack, that, that are attached to your hurt and your insecurity, it's going to require you to get down and really ask yourself some real deep questions. But I promise you, if you will walk through the tendon stage, you will be stronger and better for it because you allowed the Holy Spirit to come and do what the Holy Spirit does best, and that's be the comforter, be the counselor that comes and asks the hard questions and deals with the root issues. It's, it's the tendon stage in our life, it's the pride that no one sees, it's the insecurity, it's the hurt, it's the rejection. Because if you crave a position of leadership, but you're still dealing with the rejection that's attached to something that happened in your childhood and you don't deal with it, you will be a leader that will keep everybody else at a distance because you don't trust anybody and you've created this little mechanism where you keep everybody at a distance and you actually cannot lead anybody because you're so afraid that if you allow them to get close, they're going to reject you. So you put up these walls and you actually cannot be an effective leader and it all goes back to a root of rejection. But if you can allow the Holy Spirit, see, we talk about the Holy Spirit, he says, the comforter and counsellor, and it sounds nice. My mum's a psychologist, so I understand what counsellors actually do. And I learned with a mum as a psychologist growing up that they're not always nice. I would come home and my mum would say, how was your day? And I would say, fine. And she would say, tell me the truth. The thing about a counsellor is they don't mind getting in your business. They don't mind getting in the things because they can see what's going on. They don't mind asking the hard questions. We want the airy-fairy Holy Spirit. I felt goosebumps. But what about when the Holy Spirit doesn't come manifesting in goosebumps and comes and pinpoints some issues in your life and says, if you want to walk in your potential, you need to work through this process and deal with some of the underground stuff. It'll hurt a bit, but you'll be all right. Is dealing with the underground, and God says, Once, once I've done the sinew stuff, He says, Once I've done work through that stage, then I'm going to bring flesh upon you. The flesh, it speaks of a level of, of, it's talking about the meat, the depth, the weightiness. See, in order for us to walk in the potential, and the purpose that God has for our life. You've got to understand that the destiny that's upon your life is going to require you to have a bit of depth in the things of God. You cannot just get by this little airy fairy surface level Christianity where you just attend a service on a Sunday and sing Kumbaya and smile at a few people and leave the same. You're going to have to get down and actually get some depth and some knowledge and some understanding of the Word of God and some revelation of the power of prayer and know what it is to believe for some things and know what it is to get in the trenches and do some grind, do some hard work, do some digging, seek the face of God, get Get in, get some discipleship. Do SOD. Get in a small group. If you want to really see your potential and you want to really do what God has called you to do, it's going to require a little a little fattening in the spirit. It's going to require for you to get a little bit of flesh, a little bit of a little bit of a little thicker. You got to get a little thicker. In, don't look at no one. You got to get a little a little thicker in the spirit. You got to get a little weightiness in the spirit. Have you ever got around someone that carries weight? in the Spirit, that has been through some things, that has gone through some stuff, that has taken some hits. I remember years ago when when my buddy and I, we, we, we started going to this boxing gym and we were just going, just doing some boxing and stuff like that. And so we had a trainer and a boxer guy come out. And, and, and I, I went, you know, it was a long time ago and we were young, we were excited. I wanted to learn how to fight, you know. And, and so I went into this boxing gym and I said, a guy, you know, and we signed up and all of that stuff. And, and the trainer comes out and this dude comes out. Have you ever seen a dude that really knows how to fight? They're never pretty, they're not. We, we got some guys that go to the church here. The guy, Raphael, who owns, who owns King's MMA, one of the biggest MMA facilities, training facilities in the world, he goes to this church. And every now and then a cat will roll in here that will come with him. you ever seen some of these UF dudes up close? I mean, they just look beat. There's nothing pretty about these cats. Listen, if I want someone to teach me how to fight, I want the ugliest looking mug that you can find. Because I want to know if he's going to teach me how to fight, I want to know that he's taken a few hits before. I don't need some pretty boy coming down that's going to teach me how to air box in front of the mirror. I need a guy that's gone a few rounds in the gym, gone a few rounds in the ring, taken a few hits to the head and he's coming with some weight. He's coming with some experience. And that's what I wanted to use to encourage some people in here that feel like you're too old for this church and you don't belong. Don't you check out just yet because we need the weight that you carry in the Spirit. I need some people that know what it is in the Spirit. I need someone that knows what the inside of a hospital room looks like because you had to declare when the doctors told you that you weren't going to leave. You had the faith to declare over your situation that you believe He's a God who heals. I need some people with some, some weight I remember I was sharing with our staff. I remember I went to a conference and we hosted a conference. And one of the speakers we got to preach at the conference was Reinhard Bonnke. And if you don't know, Reinhard Bonnke is probably one of the greatest evangelists, that the Bible says, that people say that ever lived. Reinhard Bonnke, who, who saw over 1 million people in one gathering. Reinhard Bonke, who would preach messages in Africa, out in the fields in Africa where the altar calls are so big, they would bus people to the front from the back of the, where he's preaching. I'll never forget it. Reinhard Bonnke and he got up there and, and, and we had had some of the most amazing preachers on the planet. We had had all of them. So when Pastor Jensen came and we had T.D. Jakes come and we, we've had them all come to this conference. And, and I'll never forget Reinhard Bonke got up there. And Ron Hunt Bonky gets up there and he says this he gets up there in this arena and he says this uh, it was something to the tune of this he says we need to see more souls one into heaven He said it, listen it was the most simplest most basic sermon I've ever heard in my life He said we need to see souls. He's in this German, broken German accent. He said, we need to win. Souls, And then he said it again, we need to win souls. And I'll never forget, he just kept repeating it over and over. And then all of a sudden the room started to change and the atmosphere in the room started to shift and people started to weep and people started to break down under the presence of God as Reinhard Bonnke just kept repeating the most simple, the most basic sermon you've ever heard in your life. But what was ca- happening was there was a weightiness behind what he was saying. that carried a spiritual authority in it that was able to shift the atmosphere in the room. This is what I'm talking about, church. We need some people that have got some weight in the Spirit where what you believe, you declare and what you're declaring, you believe. We need some people that have some backing in the Spirit. So those of you that feel like maybe I'm too old for this church, we need you. I need people to come along beside me and say, I'm praying for you. I need people to get around some of our young people and say, you hang in there, you're gonna make it. I need some people to get around some of those that are in couples and covenant. I need some of those ones, some of those old, some of you older folk that have been married 20, 30, 40 years to get around some of our young couples and say, listen, you hang in there, you're gonna make it. Don't give up just yet. There's a weightiness behind and there's an authority behind what you're saying. But how many know that that type of spiritual authority comes through experience, comes through walking through some things. So when you're in a battle, don't check out of the battle, know that that battle, as you're walking through it, you're getting weightiness in the spirit. You're starting to to carry some authority in the spirit. He says, I'm going to put tendons on you. I need to give you some flesh. Because the purpose and the potential that you're called to is going to require a depth in it. It's not just a surface level destiny that's upon your life. You're going to need to know what the Word of God is. You're going to need to have a few scriptures. You don't have to know every single verse on the page, you don't have to know every single verse you can read. But I want to tell you, you just get a couple. If you know a couple, you can swing those bad boys in a fight. You, got, you might know, listen, if you only got a couple moves in a fight, if you know those moves pretty well, though, you'll be surprised how far they'll get you. If you know a few verses real well, I want to tell you, you can beat down the devil pretty good when you know a few verses and you've got them in your spirit and it's not just something that you just speak out, it's something that's down deep within you. He says, I'll put tendons on you, I'll give you flesh. Then he says, look at this. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to cover you with skin. You're not going to be out there running around. You're going to be undercover. You're going to be submitted to a covering. This is powerful. We don't like to talk about this much. Especially nowadays. We're all about my rights. We're all about what's due me. And we're all about, no one's going to tell me what to do. But there's something powerful about kingdom alignment. Because you have to understand that kingdom alignment releases kingdom assignment. And there has been assigned by God, and we don't have time to go into it. But in Genesis 12 and verse 1 to 3, it talks about the blessing that, God, that the kingdom of God that was assigned to Abraham. That there is a blessing that has been assigned to your life, but the only way you can receive kingdom assignment is when you are in kingdom alignment. It is what it is to be submitted to a spiritual covering. Is knowing what it is, young people, to be submitted to your parents, to honor your parents. To come under the covering of your parents. this power in that. Wives, to come under the covering. It's not about being a doormat. It's about coming under the protection and under the covering of your husbands. It's coming under the covering of spiritual leaders and pastors that we have over our church. It's knowing what it is to be submitted to that. See, and I've met so many people that will come to me at times and will say, man, I want to do this. I'm called to be a leader and I'm called to be a preacher and I'm called to do this and, and I want to do this. So I remember I've had so many young guys and I'll say this to them. I said, hey, and they say, yeah, I want to get around you and I, I want you to mentor me because and, and, I want to be a preacher. And I'll say, awesome. Listen, can you come on Sunday morning at 7am and meet our team? and help with the parking lot. I guarantee you, that's the first thing that I'll say. And I have not once seen one of those cats roll up there. But listen, if I said to them, if I said to them, awesome, Pastor Jensen wants to interview you on TBN this week. It wouldn't matter if it was TBN Studios in the back end of Arkansas that dude's gonna be there because it was never about being committed to the process and it was always about just wanting to be connected to the person and if you don't understand what it is to be under the covering, you will never walk in the potential that God has for you. It's knowing what it is to say, you know what, I'm submitted to my leaders and I'm going to come under that covering and God is going to elevate me in His time and in His plan and in His purpose. It's it's coming, it's coming under covering. And you know what? It's a spirit of submission. We don't like, we hate submission. We we, we just don't like it. See, but we've watered down submission to being actions. It's possible to have submitted actions, but not a submitted spirit. Because a submitted spirit doesn't kick in until you get asked to do something that you don't want to do. And when you get asked to do something that you don't want to do, your actions are going to want to buck the system, but your submitted spirit would say, you know what? I've got a spirit of submission. I'm going to do this thing. And as I do it, my flesh is going to come undercover and my spirit is going to grow. It's, it's knowing what it is. Coming come under the covering. Who's speaking into your life? Who's discipling you? Not, not the lady that does your hair. She's not discipling you. Let me tell you this as well. Not the ministry that you watch on TV. Joel Osteen is not your pastor. I hate to break your heart. I love the guy. Amazing. TD Jakes, one of the greatest preachers on the planet. I don't care if you watch him five times a day, he is not pastoring you, he's preaching to you. Unless you're planted in his church and you attend every week and you're submitted to a small group and you're under the covering of that heart, of that house, he is not your pastor. Who's your pastor? Who's pastoring you? Whose covering are you under? And are you submitted to that house? It's just got real, real quiet. It's gonna be empty in here next week. What small group are you planted in? Well you can have the talks. Are you on that level with that small group leader? Where you recognize that they've been positioned by the pastor. To be over that small group. That they've been positioned, that they have been empowered by the pastor because they're under their pastoral covering and that pastoral covering is over a senior pastor's covering and you submit to that small group leader and you talk with them and you share with them your struggles and you allow them to to talk back with you because the Bible says that there is safety in a multitude of wise counsel and that you're having these discussions and you're growing and you're asking the questions in the Word of God. See, we don't want this. We want to suddenly, we want to show up. Up to a service and say a prayer and sing a song and shout and scream and leave the same and leave different, but you got to understand that's not going to happen unless you submit to the process of your potential. Come up, come under the covering. submit to the house. I know it hurts. Last one, I put C news give you flesh, fatten you up, bring under covering. And then I'm going to breathe the breath of God over you. It's impossible to think that we're going to step into our potential, that we're going to step into our purpose, that we're going to step into our destiny in our own effort. That You can do all these things. You can work on your character till you're blue in the face. Read all the self-help. Do all of the stuff that you got to do. But if you don't surrender yourself to the touch of God, to the presence of God, your potential is too great. It's going to require, it's a supernatural potential that's going to require a supernatural touch. That word breath is a word roach. It's meaning the breath of God. It's that same spirit. It's that same breath of God that the Bible says that in Acts fell and came in that upper room. That with all of these different things and all of these, these processes, that we have to be people that are hungry for His presence. That I don't want to get so good at doing life. And as and, and society goes on, we're getting better at doing life. There's so much self-help resource, and I think it's great. Resource yourself. Do, do, grow yourself as much as you possibly can. But at the end of the day, we've got to do everything that we can and then submit ourselves to the God who can do the things that we can't. Where well, we come before Him and say, God, here I am. I'm submitted. I'm working on who I am. I'm doing the groundwork. I'm doing everything that I know that your word tells me I need to do. But with all of those things, I still recognize that it's still not enough because what you've called me to is too great. And I need the touch of God to come upon me. And I need your Holy Spirit to come and do what only you can do. It's the process of your potential. And right across this room, we're out of time, but I want us all to stand right across this room before we close. The greatness that is in you, the destiny that God has called you to, there's a process to it. The Bible says that that we cannot grow weary in well-doing and maybe some of you are missing out on your potential just because you checked out of the process. But you cannot grow weary. We've got to keep focused. We've got to keep that vision and recognise the great things that God has called us to. But right across this room, before we close this service, I believe there's people in this room that you recognise the the purpose and the destiny that God had for your life. But you checked out. Maybe you got hurt by church. Maybe somebody let you down. Maybe you felt like God let you down. Maybe you were thinking that God was going to do something a particular way. But then when it didn't happen the way that you thought it was going to happen, you lost faith and you gave up on God. Or maybe you've never actually surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Maybe you've never done that. I want to give you this opportunity tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here in this room and you say, Ben, that's me. Uh, You're either in one of those two categories and you say, Ben, either way, I'm not right with him. I don't know him as my Lord and Saviour. I'm not in relationship with him. I'm not walking with him. But I realize the potential and purpose that He has for my life, and I want to walk in that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you here in this room, you say, "That's me." I'd love you to raise one hand in the air so I can see it right across this room. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.